everyone, and welcome to the All It Takes a Goal podcast, the best place in the entire world, including all of Canada, to learn how to build new thoughts, new actions, and new results. I'm your host, John Acuff, and welcome to part two of How to Build Your Own Time Machine, aka Find a Mentor. Why do I call mentors time machines? Because they've been to the future you're trying to get to, and if you'll ask them how to get there, you'll get to go faster. A mentor is a time machine. If you missed last week's episode, you definitely should go listen to that one, but you don't need to have heard it to get a ton out of today's episode. This isn't like trying to watch the third season of Lost and being like, why are there polar bears on this island? And who are the others? And Benjamin Linus, and there's somebody in like a hatch. It won't, it won't be confusing like that at all. If this is the first time you've ever listened to this podcast, this is a great place to start. Today, we're going to talk about the number one thing mentors can give you, cheat codes. That's right. Mentors can give you cheat codes. But first, let's hear a quick word from our sponsor. Today's sponsor is me. That's right. It's me. I've been really surprised at how many people who listen to this podcast then reach out to me about having me speak at one of their events. I love that. And here's why. Over the last 13 years, I've had the honor to help hundreds of companies like Nissan, Walmart, Microsoft, Comedy Central, Range Rover at events around the world. During that time, I've developed three big goals for your event. Number one, I want to slingshot your audience into the best year they've ever had. Whether I'm opening, closing, or somewhere in the middle of the event, I wanna launch everyone out of that room with actionable, memorable things they can apply to their work immediately. Number two, my number two goal, I want the sound team engaged and laughing. The sound team has heard it all. If I can make them laugh and be engaged along the way, the audience is going to absolutely love the keynote. And my third goal is I want you to get text messages during the keynote. My favorite sentence to hear from you after I speak is, wow, John, my phone was blowing up during your keynote. I'm there to make you look like a rock star, not me. If your boss or manager or leader or whatever texts you during my speech and compliments you for how well the event is going, then I know I've done my job. Whether it's virtual or live, 10,000 people in an arena or 15 sales team members in a conference room, I'd love to help you with your next event. Fill out the quick form at acuff.me slash speaking to check my availability. That's acuff.me slash speaking. All right, let's talk cheat codes. Maybe that phrase sounds too good to be true. Like when you hear the phrase cheat codes, you're like, mm, I don't know. Are there, like people always say there's no shortcuts in life. Maybe there's no cheat codes, but, but there actually are. Great mentors have great cheat codes and cheat codes make the game of life a lot easier. My favorite example of that comes from the world of rap. Uh, obviously, I'm gonna use a rap example. Outkast is one of the greatest hip hop groups of the last 20 to 30 years. They're the reason a whole generation that grew up without Polaroids knows how to shake it like a Polaroid picture. They've sold millions of albums and they've helped establish Atlanta as one of the centers of rap. Now, along the way, crazily colorful, seemingly from another planet, Andre 3000, aka Andre Benjamin, has become a force to be reckoned with. He's moved from rapper to actor to fashion designer, finding pockets of success at every turn. And you look at a guy like that and you say, how does he do what he does? How did he build the career he has? How has he sustained his career and moved in all these different areas? And one of the ways is he understands the value of mentors, like few other rap artists. Now that 
Always wasn't the case though. He says, quote, I didn't even know that word mentor until five or six years ago. When he experienced that type of relationship in his 30s, when he learned about mentors, he learned that one of the best reasons to work with one, like one of the best reasons to work with somebody who's further ahead of you is that they know all the cheat codes. Here's how he described the word mentor to his son. He said, adults are really cool. And I'll, I'll tell you why. Because you can compare them to a video game, he said. If you played that video game for the last two years and you're proficient at it, and I just jump on the game, you're going to quickly say, hey, dad, the trap is right there. When you get over there, you have to go hop, 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 hop. Now, if you didn't say that, this is what Andre 3000 is saying to his son. If you didn't say that to me, it might take me a year to figure that out. So a mentor is, I've done this, so I'm helping you get past that place. He's right. Mentors know all the cheat codes. And here's the crazy part. If you'll listen, they will give them to you. If you listen and respect the advice and then actually try the advice, they will continue to give you cheat codes, not just one. There's few things a mentor loves as much as going, wow, I gave that person advice. They actually took it to heart. They actually used it to change their life. And I can see the progress. Like mentors love helping hungry, humble people that go, hey, you've done something I want to do. How do I do that? Can you show me how to do that? And then they go and do that. And then they go, okay, I'm going to give you another cheat code, another cheat code, another cheat code. Let me give you an example of that for my own life. So about 10, maybe 11 years ago, I gave a speech to a room full of teenagers, like a thousand teenagers. And it just felt flat. Like the audience wasn't engaged. It didn't feel like I ever got momentum. There wasn't a wave of laughter or connection. And after I got off stage, this comedy group called The Skit Guys. If you've never heard of The Skit Guys, they're hilarious. They just made a movie recently, but they stepped up and were like, hey, John, do you want to do you want to know what the problem was? Like, do you want to know why um, the audience didn't feel engaged, why there wasn't a ton of laughter, why, why it felt a little flat in the room? And I, I said, yes. I said, I, I'd love to get better at public speaking. This is 10 or 12 years ago. I'm just starting my career. And here's what they told me. What they told me surprised me. They said, the reason it was flat was because the lights were too bright. The house lights were too bright. You see, teenagers are nervous about laughing at the wrong thing. They don't want to feel embarrassed or look dumb. They don't want to stand out if they laugh at the wrong thing. So if the room is bright, teenagers won't laugh. Now, adults are similar. I mean, that's part of the reason comedy clubs are so dark. And I thought, wow, that's really simple advice, but I'm going to try it. So three hours later, I gave another speech to the same group of teenagers. I had multiple keynotes that day. Same group of teenagers. The content was similar. My delivery was similar. My jokes were similar. I mean, nothing else changed. I didn't get amazing, you know, like dramatically better between those two speeches. The only thing different was that I asked them to turn the house lights down. What was interesting was when I asked them, they initially said, well, we like to keep it bright so that people can take notes. And I thought that is... That is adorable. That is you, like, you think a bunch of high schoolers at a beach camp are like, we gotta, we gotta take some notes. Like I'm here at beach camp to just, I want to hear what John Agoff has to say and just take some notes. But I asked them to turn the house lights down and they did. And it was so much better. The crowd was with me. The energy was different. There was so much more laughter, so much more engagement. All I did was turn the lights down lower and I got that from a mentor, 
And I got that as a cheat code and it changed everything. That's why you and I need cheat codes so desperately. If you want to fast forward the progress of any goal you're working on, ask mentors for cheat codes. Okay, we learned we needed a mentor in last week's episode. We, we learned what we needed in a mentor. Remember we said bravery, they have to be brave enough to tell us the truth. We need to respect them. If we don't respect them, we won't even listen to their advice and we have to trust them. We know what we need from them, cheat codes, but what do they, what do they need from us? Well, let me explain it this way. Foes need distance. Friends need relationships. Mentors need access. The foes in your life need distance. You need to put some distance, some boundaries, some space, whatever word you want to use between you and somebody who's a foe, somebody who doesn't help you get better, somebody who's actively leading you astray. Like that's a foe. They need distance. Friends need relationship. Mentors need access. A mentor is only as good as the amount of access you are willing to give them to your life. The best mentor for your goal can't do anything if you stay surface level with them. That's why you have to trust them. They don't need to give advice to the best you, but rather the real you. It's kind of like straightening up your house before a cleaning person comes over. Like you can't fake it with a mentor and hope you get real advice. You can't live a fake life and get real advice. You're not trying to impress your mentors. You're trying to learn from them. Access is easy to speak about, but it's, it's hard to actually give it. It takes time. The three character traits mentors require, bravery, respect, and trust, all take time to recognize. Go slow. You can't microwave mentor relationships. But again, what if you don't have a single mentor in your life? I keep coming back to that idea because one time when I was talking about mentors, when I was talking about the power of community, somebody online commented, John Acuff sure thinks I know a lot of people. And that that stuck with me. I don't ever want to give you advice in this kind of online life that's impossible for you to live out in your offline life. That's not helpful. So what if you don't have a single mentor in your life? First of all, I think you probably do. If we define mentor as someone smarter than me, by pretending you don't know any possible mentors, you are saying you are the smartest person who ever lived. There's a chance you're not though. I mean, you probably didn't even know how deep the Mariana Trench was or how much pressure it exerts on you. It's 6.8 miles deep, by the way, and 15,750 PSI. I mean, that's just a bonus science lesson in this episode. It's just like I give and I give and I give. If you didn't know either of those facts, perhaps you're not the smartest person who ever lived. Perhaps the reason you don't have a mentor is that you just don't know where to look. And there's one easy fix to that problem. Go where mentors go. Go where mentors go. If you are an architect in a city that has more than one architect, you should be friends with that other man or woman. He or she might be a great potential mentor. You should join the local architecture chapter or group. You should make a goal to know one person at most of the firms in the city. Will you, will you ever work at them? Maybe not. But I know you won't work at the one you're at forever. You're, you're not going to be at the job you have right now for the rest of your life. If there's not a group like that meeting where you live, like a group of people that have industry expertise or maybe, maybe life expertise, then make one. Corner the market and start one. At the bare minimum, do this online, especially with the pandemic changing social situations. We're all more comfortable with getting together in Zoom situations. I did one just the other day. A friend of mine that was on this podcast said, hey, 
I've got this group of thinkers and intellectuals and artists and authors and musicians and creators. And we have this Zoom meeting that we do every every couple months. Do you want to come join one? And I went and it was amazing. There were these chat rooms. You could create a topic and I set it on a bunch of chats. One of the chats was about how do you get over the fear of self-promotion? Like, how do you get over the fear of sharing your ideas? And I, I loved kind of going back and forth with a bunch of strangers about that ideas. That was helpful for me. I got to be part of that. Maybe, maybe though, you feel like it's your job. You don't have the type of career that quickly lends itself to mentorship. You're an auto mechanic. And the idea of like rolling on your back on those amazing carts next to someone to ask for goal advice seems impossible. Like you wheel up next to them. You're like, hey, how you doing? Just real quick. What's some mentor advice? Here's the thing. If you lived in Nashville, though, I know exactly where I'd point you, the Nashville Auto Diesel College. There is someone on that campus who is an expert. Even if they're not in the exact field you are, they have connections to other people who are. Does chasing them down, though, does that, does that sound awkward? Of course it does. Of course it does. But here's what you have to remember. Awesome goals always come with awkwardness. They, they do. There's always a degree of awkwardness. If you're an introvert and right now you're giggling at the odds of you ever doing any of those things, let's start with something easier. Build a board of long distance mentors. We talked about that in the last episode. These can be authors, leaders, personal heroes of yours that you might never meet. You'll never share coffee perhaps, but their books and ideas can impact your goal. I've never met him, but author Stephen Pressfield greatly impacted my goal of writing books. He did. I never would have been able to finish my first book without the encouragement of his book, The War of Art. If mentors or a table of strangers feels like too big of a stretch, begin with a bookshelf. Now, I want you to think to yourself, who is one mentor, like one author mentor who wrote a book that you need to read? For your goal, what's a, what's a book that will move you forward? Write down the name and better yet, Spend some time next week to actually read the book. Now, let's say that there's more than just a book. You connect with a possible mentor, like a real mentor that you can interact with, and they agree to meet or Zoom or talk on the phone. Now what? Well, ask them one of these two questions. Number one, what is one piece of advice you'd give to a writer like me or an accountant like me or a farmer like me? or a photographer like me. You're not trying to exhaust the mentor with a fix my entire goal conversation. Never write a potential mentor a long email. They're not going to read it and chances are they're not even gonna get back to you. One question, like ease up on the nitrous Vin Diesel. I like to be relevant and mention references from movies like six years ago. You're just trying to start a conversation to ask a question that leads to places and this one does. I asked Adrian Zakheim, what was the one piece of advice he'd give me? He's the publisher at Portfolio at Penguin Random House. He's worked in the industry, the publishing industry for 30 years and he has published nonfiction legends like Good to Great. Now, after some thought, he told me, Huh. Okay, John, remember, it's still about the book. In the midst of new opportunities and new options, it's easy to forget that it's still about creating a high quality book. The book is still what matters most. Now to a young, prematurely gray headed man like myself, that was, that was really helpful. There's a lot of pressure on writers right now to be spread incredibly thin. You have to be blogging and tweeting and YouTubing and building your brand, always building your brand. And most of the focus right now is put on promoting your work, not perfecting your craft. And Adrian gave me the opposite advice. 
all because I asked him a question. The second question you can ask a mentor is, what do you wish you knew when you were my age? Now, be careful how you frame this one because you don't want it to sound like, now that you're, now that you're almost dead, what regret are you filled with that I, that I need to avoid? Try not to give your mentor a handful of like calcium chews as you ask this question for their brittle, brittle bones. The goal of this question is to spark some imagination for the other person, imagination born out of respect. You're saying, you've got experience and wisdom that I don't have. If you could go back in time and give the younger you some advice, what would you say? If the person you are talking to is younger than you because you're new to a certain goal, edit the question. Instead say, what do you wish you knew about this goal when you first started? Everyone has a cheat code. Ask them smart questions and you'll get smart answers. But in addition to you asking questions, the mentor will ask questions too and you need to allow them to ask terrible questions. Giving a mentor access means more than just opening up about our goals. It also means opening up to questions. Not just normal questions either, but terrible questions. The kind of questions that will make you hate your mentor a little bit sometimes. We have to give our mentors access to ask questions we might not want to answer at first or we'll never grow. I was once stuck in a job and a mentor of mine asked me pretty bluntly, what's the story you want to be able to tell someday about this moment? What's the story that you want to tell your kids with this decision? that you played it safe, John, chose the easy route and never took any risks? Is that the story you want to tell? And my first thought when he said that to me, like we were having breakfast, my first thought wasn't, I'm so glad I have a mentor. Hooray for probing questions. My first thought was, I wish you'd shut up with your stupid questions coming out of your stupid face. I didn't say that, but I was definitely thinking that. On a different occasion, I told a mentor I was worried about a product I was launching. He asked me what my goal was, and I told him that the launch goes well and is great. And he said, that's a terrible goal. How do you possibly measure that? How will you know you've succeeded? You're a perfectionist, John, and the drug of choice for perfectionists is failure. He said, if you never define the goal, you can always fail. So how many units are you going to sell by what date? Eventually, I got over the audacity that these mentors showed, trying to care about my goals and challenge me to do the most of my life. How dare they? The, the nerve. And I allowed their advice to challenge the decisions I was making. Letting mentors ask you questions not only helps you make the right decision, it also prevents you from making a terrible decision. One thing I've come to learn is this. Leaders who can't be questioned end up doing questionable things. Let me say that again. Leaders who can't be questioned end up doing questionable things. Show me a leader who fell. Show me a, a dad who fell. Show me a business that fell. Show me a team that fell. Show me a church that like blew itself up. Like it was amazing and it blew itself up. Show me any leader who fell and I'll show you someone who is isolated and didn't have anyone that could ask them hard questions. They could only be told the things they wanted to hear. I need mentors. You need mentors. We all need mentors. We covered a ton today, but here's a handy summary of the key points of the last two episodes. A friend is someone you share your day with. A mentor is someone you shape your goal with. Mentors have to be brave, respected, and trustworthy. Cheat codes make the game easier, and mentors will share them if you ask. Look for mentors who have industry, life, or you expertise. Start mentor conversations with the two questions and allow them to ask you terrible questions in return. 
That concludes our two-part series, How to Build Your Own Time Machine, aka Find a Mentor. I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed recording it. I really appreciate, too, the, the reviews you guys have been writing. They've been so fun. There's one that I wanted to call it specifically from Happy Sab, S-A-B. I think you say Sab, Happy Sab. That feels right. That I, re- I just really appreciate this one. They said, this podcast is a great dose of positivity. I listen while I walk my dog in the morning, and this podcast gives me great ideas and insight into improving virtually every area of my life while still being light and relatively fun. Definitely not a slog. Upbeat host and guests. Hey, that's super encouraging. Thanks for writing that happy slab. Happy slab, happy sab. I'm gonna, I'm butchering that. Happy S-A-B. That could be short for like Sabrina. Maybe that's it. It's a happy person named Sabrina. If you too feel that this podcast is not a slog, please write a review. I would love for you to write a review. They're so encouraging. And make sure you subscribe or follow or whatever it is the kids are saying these days. I'll see you next week. And remember, all it takes is a goal. And don't forget, you can book me for your next event by visiting acuff.me slash speaking. That's A-C-U-F-F dot M-E slash speaking. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the All It Takes is a Goal podcast and to get access to today's show notes and exclusive content from John Acuff, visit acuff.me slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the All It Takes is a Goal podcast.